Wayne, welcome. Happy Monday. And uh, well, this one has been widespread in terms of the ripple effect that I was just speaking to. And well, energies as well. We saw the selling Friday and then ultimately that OPEC meeting getting delayed a couple days. They want to uh, have a couple more days to assess the impact of this one as well. <clears throat> Good morning. And uh, as, as always, thanks for having me. So, you know, you, you can't overstate the importance of the oil market relative to all other markets. And, uh, you know, asset classes move in cycles. You've, you've got, uh, it, it's cyclical, cyclical, but to pick a starting point, we always use bonds and then stocks and then commodities. Bonds go into a bull market, followed by stocks, followed by commodities. And, the, and it continues that way when you get into a bear market the last part of the bull market is commodity inflation. Go, uh, oil is the most important commodity by far. So we watch the price of, of uh, crude oil. And we just saw today uh, JP Morgan coming out with $150 price target for 2023, $125 for 2022. And that would definitely be damaging, in my opinion, towards uh, all the markets, especially, you know, equities. And this goes back to, you know, 2007. We saw the spike in oil back then, 2007, 2008. And that really was the death knell for the commodities markets. So it's obviously enormously important. So that said, now we've got OPEC. Uh, in their last meeting, they left production targets unchanged. And now we've got President Biden basically begging them to increase production. And then in a, in a concerted effort, multiple countries are releasing oil from strategic reserves. And now OPEC is stepping back based on that and saying, you know, maybe they're not gonna do their planned increases. They were planning a 400,000 barrel increase for January. So they were already rethinking that before we had this uh, Omicron uh, pop up and uh, get everybody rattled. So now the question is, what is OPEC gonna do? Uh, I don't think the price of oil is gonna stay down here unless this new variant really becomes terrible, which the initial anecdotal evidence is not that that's gonna happen. So um, here in the US, we are not going to increase our production dramatically because, you know, even before all this happened, oil companies here were, were getting religion relative to their balance sheets. They weren't just spending tremendously on production as they had been in years past. And now they see you've got a, an administration that is decidedly anti-carbon assets. So they're not going to keep investing. So the whole picture does paint uh, a picture of higher oil prices, higher energy, that would include natural gas, down the road. So short term here, we've got potential shutdowns, uh, and that may hurt the price of oil short term. But I think when we look a little longer term, uh, it does appear to be a very bullish picture for the price of crude oil.
So uh, a clear, uh, a bit of a chess game playing out here in terms of the supply side of things. You mentioned the shutdowns here. Obviously, uh, there's not a lot of concern, it seems like, from the demand side of things, though. Again, with uh, limited supplies, OPEC kind of trying to jockey for position there in terms of their role. I mean, the focus here could or seems to be shifting to expectations that demand is going to continue to play out. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, we've seen demand improving dramatically. You know, the economy has been improving. Uh, if you look at the uh, the city uh, economic surprise index for the U.S., mm -hmm. it's uh, the seven-day average is positive at the best levels we've seen since June. Some of the other countries around the world are also seeing improving uh, surprises, including China, which is even now starting to turn positive after being negative for a very long time. So our economy was improving. Oil demand was very strong. So to me, this looks like a temporary glitch. Uh, I think there's a lot of fear here. And, uh, you know, what people need to realize, again, the initial anecdotal evidence is that it's not that severe, meaning the, the new variant. And we're at a place where we're more able to handle it than we've ever been able to. We already have vaccines. They can uh, move quickly to uh, make new vaccines. So uh, I think that demand will uh, reassert itself. And uh, again, that's very bullish for the price of oil. Wayne, uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is, well, some of the concerns tied to rates on the rise or speculation related to uh, some of the jolts that we've seen uh, related to, uh, well, headline news. This being one of those examples, maybe, as we recover here this Monday morning. I mean, uh, gold has remained very firm around this 1800 level, suggesting, again, a kind of more level-headed approach than what we've seen from investors and traders amidst some of these uh, shocks or jolts to the market. What are you seeing there in terms of precious metals? Because even copper, when you look at copper, it's been fairly range-bound as well. It just seems to be waiting for a little bit more information than what we've had, a little bit more potentially from the demand side of things uh, from China, maybe. You know, when you were showing the chart before of the Russell 2000, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it, it had one of the same characteristics of gold and copper. silver. yeah. Well, the phrase failed breakout okay. comes to mind. And, you know, we were looking at breakouts on gold and on silver, and both of them just plunged dramatically over the last week or so. So it uh, really uh, calls into question those breakouts and, and uh, whether or not they are confirmed failed breakouts. But uh, it's pretty ugly action on there. And yes, gold is hanging on. Silver drop down uh, even more. Maybe that's because silver has uh, more industrial uses than coal, uh, I'm sorry, than gold. So, um, but uh, to me, they look like failed breakouts. So uh, while they were looking very bullish, I think we need to see them hang on to these current levels and then see them, uh, you know, start to rise up again before getting more bullish on them. Uh, I'm trying to get a look here at, <clears throat> excuse me, the Russell on the 50-day, relative to its 50-day moving average, because again, as you mentioned, uh, it does appear as if we just failed in terms of a breakout here to the upside, 2460, right back into the range and actually down below the 50-day moving average. And here you can see copper, and as we just add a little time onto this chart, a couple years now, you can see here it is with the 50-day moving average. It's been very much sideways, range-bound, and has a couple attempts here that have failed to break out. 
Talk to us a little bit about uh, what you're watching here. It's a busy week ahead, and as mentioned, we have the OPEC meeting. We also have the job support here. Uh, in terms of commodities, uh, inventory is obviously a major focal point here, but uh, it does seem like the major fo the, the, the primary uh, potential market mover here will be the OPEC meeting. It is. That, that's it. You know, I watch, uh, as I was cycling through all my charts of commodities over the weekend, uh, you know, the metals are soft. Precious metals are soft. Industrial metals are soft. A lot of the inflation uh, assets uh, made their highs a while back. So, uh, you know, it really calls into question how much inflation we are really going to have. And I think people may need to redefine transitory. But, you know, we've gone from transitory being very short term to, to people now thinking inflation is just going to go out for years and years. That's not the case. Inflation is not going to be runaway inflation. That's not happening. The inflation we're having now is because of supply chain issues. And yeah, this new variant is, you know, not going to help that. So yeah, we're going to have inflation. It's going to be longer than we'd hoped a few months ago, but it's not going to be real long lasting. The only metal that I saw that had a really a decent chart was tin. Hmm. So um, uh, crude oil continues to be the big thing relative to uh, equities. You know, we had a 90% down day on Friday. That means all the internal statistics were 90% to the downside. The VIX was up 54%. That's the fourth largest percentage increase in history. And the tick index was an extremely low negative 1805. For your viewers that don't know, uh, every stock trades on an uptick or a downtick. And when we see all of them trading on one or the other, that's an extreme and usually marks a top or a bottom. So I think that for equities, we probably see a bottom this week. And the question will be how much demand uh, for stocks we really get over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we have a good finish for the year. I'm more concerned about uh, next year, first quarter, because of uh, what happens with oil and what happens with you know comps, earnings comps, year over year, next year start to get very difficult because it's been so great this year. So uh, hopefully we're going to have a good finish for equities for the year. And then uh, we'll worry about next year when we get there. All right, we will. Wayne, I appreciate you joining us here this Monday morning. Wayne Kaufman, the chief market analyst at Phoenix Financial Services. Look forward to seeing you back in the near future.